Welcome to Venture in the South, a podcast about startup investing in the Southern United States. Our hosts are experienced angel investors with over 90 startup investments. We'll share some Southern wisdom while exposing you to the vibrant startups in the South. Hey, listeners, Venture in the South is going to weekly releases of our podcast, so we hope you'll listen every week. Welcome back to Venture in the South. We are a podcast dedicated to angel investing in the southeastern United States. And today's episode is about why invest in an angel fund. And I'm here with my colleague, David, who's going to give you the hard sell this week on why you should invest in an angel investment fund. Um, let's take as given that you are interested enough in early stage investing to be listening to this podcast and therefore potentially interested in investing in early stage companies. David, why might you consider doing that through an angel fund? Well, thank you, Paul. Um, so let me step back a little bit. So for the for the investor, the accredited investor that has uh, a portfolio or wants to have a portfolio, there's a lot of options out there, and the average investor is aware of the need to diversify. So you might want to have some holdings in bonds, some holdings in publicly traded equity. Maybe you want a small slice of commodities. Maybe you want a little bit of real estate. And I think the intelligent investor would want to consider startups as a small slice as well. So maybe something like 5%, maybe as high as 15%, depending on your your assets. Um, and And so in that context, you're thinking about how you're going to allocate your assets over a period of 20 or 30 years of investing once you've you've accumulated enough assets um, you may want to think about angel investing uh, or startup investing the same thing and uh, angel investing can be very profitable we've all seen the huge wins in silicon valley now those are probably uh, outliers and um, angel investing you can't depend on it to produce those kinds of 100x returns. But you can uh, depend on it to develop a or produce a, a competitive uh, internal rate of return with other investments if you diversify. And so that is the reason why an angel investor might want to consider a fund because the one of the big reasons the fund gives you instant, maybe not instant, but gives you very consistent diversification across many different startups. And so, for example, in our fund, we operate a rolling fund and we, we plan two to three, maybe four investments per quarter. We start a new fund every quarter and investors need to invest a minimum of four quarters. So they would get somewhere around eight to 12 investments in one year. And so that's pretty good diversification, maybe not the best diversification. We'd like to recommend that people get to 20 or more active investments to get the ideal diversification. Uh, and so you're going to have some losers, some complete losses in, in that portfolio. But if you hit 20, you're probably going to have one, maybe two 10xer or 10 plus xer. And that's what's going to make up uh, for these losses and give you your reliable IRR of somewhere around 15 to 20% and uh, and a, a 1.8x return. Um, and so the real question is, do you want to do that? And how do you get started? So yeah, doing that sounds like quite a lot of work. 
Uh, yes. If you were going to go and do all of that work yourself to make 20 investments, you probably have to look at 200 companies. You have to yeah. review 50 sets of deal documents. Exactly. So that's a lot of work. So yeah. um, how, do you, how do you avoid doing that? Well, I think uh, joining an angel group is one way. That's active involvement. Uh, another way is doing it on your own. That's very active. And the biggest challenge there is deal flow. So finding the companies for to screen. And the, the screening is typically you start with 100. You're going to find uh, 20 that interest you. You're going to screen those 20 down to maybe five that you actually want to consider investing in. And then maybe you get to two or three that you can actually make a deal on. Uh, so doing it on your own is probably a full-time job. Uh, if you're going to diversify into 20 or more investments. And then the other option is to do a fund, which has been popularized by AngelList and is a is an easy way to get into startup investing. And um, that's kind of what people want is an easy way to do it. And the uh, fund approach does that. And so why is it easy? Well, in a fund, there's no deal flow to develop. There's no diligence to do. The fund does that. There's no legal agreements to generate. The fund supplies the K-1s when there's any activity, exit activity, uh, or up rounds. The fund represents the investors for share voting, so you don't have to worry about that. The fund tracks the cap table, which is an important issue in terms of keeping track of what your investment is doing over multiple rounds. And the fund issues exit statements, so you have a comprehensive document that tells you, you know, what your gain is uh, relative to your investment and whether or not you owe any tax. Now, uh, in our plan, you you likely won't owe any tax because the large majority of our investments are QSBS eligible. And uh, if you don't know what that is, I'd refer you to uh, a podcast that we've previously recorded but not yet released. Uh, that's all about tax issues relevant to angel investing. And in our uh, model, we focus on uh, qualified small business stock, which is exempted from capital gains tax and federal tax. So I certainly would agree with you that um, saving administrative burden is a good reason to, um, to invest in a fund. As somebody who's on the other side of the table that spends a lot of his time doing that administrative burden for other angel for angel groups, for funds, and for investors, I would be certainly willing to testify under oath that that's a lot of work. Um, and so finding a way to avoid it is a, is a good idea. Um, so administrative benefits and tax benefits were the first two that, that came to, to mind. Um, what are the other sort of more investment thesis-related um, benefits of outsourcing that to somebody else? Well, I think... Uh, you know, you you can get into angel investing in a variety of different ways. So you can focus on a particular area of the country. So the geography, so like for example, the West Coast, very hot area for startups. You can focus on industries. So you can say, well, I'm I'm particularly interested in software because I have a software background. So I want to focus on software companies. You can drill down to specific types of industries. So like SaaS or particular, you know, things like crypto, um, things like that. So there's there's a lot of different specialties that you can get into, and a, and a lot of funds do that. Uh, there are also agnostic funds, such as ours, where we don't specialize in a particular industry vertical. 
we we focus on finding great deals regardless of the industry. Um, and so I think that the the value of the fund or a variety of funds is you can pick what type of diversification makes sense for your portfolio, whether it's geographic, whether it's industry specific, um, this sort of thing. And and um, it's it, it, in on something like AngelList, it's it's honestly a smorgasbord. I mean, there's all kinds of offerings in terms of funds yeah. for diversification. Okay. And you mentioned uh, earlier that not having to develop your own deal flow was an advantage of a fund, but you still want to find a fund that has good deal flow. So can you give us an example of some funds that, um, or, or a fund that has, in your opinion, some good deal flow? Well, I think that the, there's there's a lot of funds out there, and uh, some of these funds are sponsored by well-established VCs. And they attract tremendous deal flow just because they're so well known and they've had successful exits. Um, in, in Venture South, uh, they have terrific uh, deal flow, uh, mainly because they've been around for 10 years and they're well established and they've had a number of successful exits and they're well known in the Southeast. And so, uh, Angel, um, Venture South is a common go to for startups. Now, you know, I talked about this this screening thing about how, you know, you start with a hundred, you end up with three or four. That's been the experience at Venture South. And, and that's really the reason why when we uh, launched our fund that we partnered with Venture South because they have ter- tremendous deal, deal flow and we can piggyback on that, but still pick and choose what we feel are the best deals. So we don't have to do everything that comes through uh, Venture South. But So I thought you partnered with us because you liked me, not because you liked the deal flow we've got. Well, I do like you, Paul, but you're more likable because of the deal flow. (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah, that's true. It's one of my best features is my deal flow. Okay, great. So um, can you you tell us a little bit about um, Rolling South and how that works and and, and why, if you're considering an angel fund, why the Rolling South fund might be the A1 you can consider? So our fund, the Rolling South fund, um, we focus on southeastern companies um, and we, we focus on mainly QSBS companies. So those are two big filters right there. Um, and, and we do that because in the Southeast, that's where we're at. So when we're doing diligence, we can actually get our hands on this company. And that's very important for us. And then the tax thing is important because it, it really pumps your returns up. Uh, so uh, th- those are probably the two biggest screens. Um, but then uh, another thing that that we do uh, in concert with Venture South is diligence. Uh, we have a very robust diligence process, and a lot of it is uh, con- contributed by members of Venture South that have s- industry specific expertise. Because Venture South has over 400 members, and it's common on a diligence group that we'll have six, eight members. And several of those will have specific deep industry expertise for that particular startup. And so uh, piggybacking on that uh, diligence process is extremely valuable. And that's another reason why we, we partnered with Venture South for deal flow. Venture in the South is brought to you by the Rolling South Fund a rolling fund focused on southeastern startups. The fund allows quarterly investment with a minimum of just $5,000. For more information, please go to rollingsouth.vc. Okay, got it. So southeastern focused, um, 
tell me a bit about why you think the southeast is a particularly good place to to invest or is it just simply because it's here and we can we can operate here well here's a big one because that's where we are and we love it here uh, but there's there's other good reasons. So the Southeast is very different than other regions in the United States, and that's a good thing in in several ways. So relative to the West Coast, deals in the Southeast are are less expensive, um, and the deals are more accommodating. So in the in the West Coast, you're you're commonly going to be dealing with safes and convertible notes in the early stage. And we see far fewer of those. And of course, we're not big fans of safes or convertible notes. We do do them, but we prefer preferred equity as a way to invest in a company. And then other company uh, regions of the country like the Northeast, uh, the Midwest, Texas, um, the Northwest, uh, they all have their own unique characteristics. Like the Northeast is heavily focused on on um, biotechnology and technology. So Boston, biotechnology, health, and New York, and technology, uh, computer software. Texas is is pretty um, agnostic. They have a wide spread across many industries, but they're very productive in terms of startups. And of course, everyone's aware of the migration from California to Texas. And interestingly enough, there's some migration from Florida to Texas as well. Um, but the Southeast... Uh, is a is a bargain relative to the West Coast and probably the Northwest and the Northeast. The culture is different in terms of the deals uh, and the and the structure of the deals, um, and the investors are different. So um, I think it's it's it brings a, a degree of diversification that if you are in the West Coast and are angel investing and primarily exposed to West Coast deals like in Tech Coast Angels or something like that. Or uh, in the Northeast, in one of the angel groups there, um, you're not going to see these deals that we see. And so if there is a, a recession in the United States, for example, related to the conflict with Russia, um, there, there may be regional effects that can be diversified by diversifying across regions of the country. And so that's one of the reasons to think about uh, the Southeast in addition to the fact that we're here. Um, okay. Yeah, got it. So it's a good place to invest just on its own. And as a diversification play to the places you're already investing, it might be worth considering as well. Got it. Right. So Southeast, um, high quality deal flow, good diligence. We've covered those in, in other podcasts, uh, our thoughts around some of those things. Um, what else you got? Why else is the angel list rolling fund the way to go? Well, so uh, we we leverage AngelList a little bit too. So we we partner on one side with Venture South, and we partner on the other side with AngelList. And what AngelList brings to the deal is regulatory compliance and national exposure. So it's easy to sign up on AngelList. Um, you can sign up through us, um, or you can sign up through AngelList. Uh, you get a little bit of a better deal signing up directly with us. Uh, but AngelList provides regulatory compliance with the SEC. That's really a little bit complicated and burdensome, and they've got an infrastructure to do that. So that's a big value add for us. And then the national exposure, since one of the big benefits of our fund is geographic diversification, they bring national exposure for investors in the West Coast and Midwest and Northeast, Texas, this sort of thing. And so that's that's what AngelList brings to us. And then the rolling fund concept is a, a way to simplify investing for the investor because they can commit a relatively small amount quarterly 
And it doesn't have to be every quarter. It just needs to be a total of four quarters minimum. And so they can have some quarters, well, you know, maybe they didn't have the funds that quarter, and so they want to hold off this quarter. Maybe the next quarter they have more, so they can boost up the next quarter. So there's a flexibility and variability with the rolling fund that you don't have um, with a with a standard fund where you, you know, it's open for two years, you do all your investments in two years. Um, and then you also get a tremendous diversification. So particularly if you're investing at a steady clip over many years, you're going to have tremendous diversification. And to get that on your own, you're going to have to invest something like four investments a year for five years to get that diversification of 20, minimum 20 investments. And so it's it's hard to do on your own outside of a fund. Yep. Okay. Everything comes with a price tag, though. So, um, how do the has the price tag on angel on the rolling south fund compared to other angel funds you might be looking at? So, because we're a new fund, uh, we're very competitive. So, you can think of expenses in in two ways. We have regular expenses that are used to fund the logistics of managing the fund, marketing, and that sort of stuff. And then there's carry, which is the benefit that the managers get on an exit. And so the carry is a percentage of the profit that is gained on an investment. Um, and so the typical fund is going to be the classic 2 and 20, which is a 2% annual fee and then 20% carry. So what that means is you, the investor, pay 2% every year in fees to the fund. And then when you have an exit, um, the gain uh, is shared with the general partners. 20% of that gain goes to the general partners, and you get 80%. With, with the rolling fund that we're doing, so rolling south, we charge fees of 1.15%, so 1% to the fund, 0.15% uh, to angel list, and then a carry of 15%. So 85% um, of an exit goes to you, 15% goes to the general partners. So it's a better deal. In, is the bottom line. Got it. Okay. That sounds reasonable. Um, you mentioned uh, earlier that deal flow is important, but tell us a bit about the importance of track record and experience when, you, when it comes to selecting a fund manager or, a, uh, or a, an approach that you might want to take when you're starting out as an angel investor. Yeah, I think... I think experience is an obvious plus uh, in this in this field. I mean, if you just listen to some of our podcasts, the complexity of angel vesting is is not minimal. And so, um, one of the benefits if if you're just getting started in angel investing, even if you're not getting started, but you're you're uh, not ready to do it full time, um, the the fund um, offers a lot of advantages for that, and and it it it. Uh, limits the risk, the downside risk. And so I think that um, in terms of the Rolling South Fund, we can help investors minimize their risk, uh, ease their life, and improve their overall results um, with the experience that that we've had. Now, now, Paul's been doing this for 10 plus years. I've been doing it for six years. I have about 43 investments. Paul's been involved in 90 investments. So we, we have a fair degree of experience. There's always more to learn. But just looking at the track record of Venture South uh, over 10 years, as of December of 21, they've had 90 investments. 
uh, through the Venture South group. And of those 90 investments, they've had 15 positive exits and four negative exits. And the positive exits uh, had an ROI of 2.9x. Uh, and so in a composite of all 19 of those exits, um, the ROI was 1.8x and the ROI, so the return on investment, the annual return, was 21.5%. So pretty darn good. Um, competitive with the average at AngelList, probably a little better than the AngelList average. Um, and if you if you consider comparing that return to another return, so we're talking about 90% tax deductible. So a 20, 21.5% return is really a taxable return of 28%. So an IRR of 28% to equal that if, if you're talking about taxable investments since we're mostly non-taxable. So pretty amazing numbers uh, coming out of Venture South. You know, um, they they get this by diversification and experience, and we're bringing that to the rolling fund format, um, and and hope to do slightly better because we can we can choose the very best of the of the bunch. So I just come to terms with you liking me for my deal flow, but now it turns out it's my track record that you like us for. Well, <laughs> well yeah, it's, it's funny how I can get. So it's okay. funny how money makes friends. <laughs> it is. Well, thank you, David. That was a, a good a good summary of, of why you might consider an angel fund uh, with a particular Rolling South flavor to it. So thank you for, for sharing those things. Um, thanks, listeners. If you enjoyed the show, uh, please leave us a review and we look forward to uh, speaking with you on another episode. This podcast is supported by Venture Carolina, an educational nonprofit focused on angel investors and entrepreneurs. Our team is built from successful entrepreneurs, investors, venture capitalists, board members, and executives that want to give back. Thank you for listening. Please consider subscribing and leaving us a review. Visit us at VentureInTheSouth.com for a complete list of previous and future shows. Contact us if you have comments or requests.